Hello and welcome to Pals Pulls. This is the Comics Pals Weekly Show where we talk about everybody's favorite thing, comics. I am your host, Sean. I've got Marco on tap. Hello, okay. Oh, damn. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Unreal. Um, and uh, Tyler's here. I'm on tap. You're going you're gonna to milk me? Whoa. That's not what people generally say. Yeah, like a, like a tap, tap where you pour the drink out. Oh, my God. Yeah, this but is a reference to the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, um, which is very good, I might say. Recommend that. All right, very good. Uh, we've got Immortal X-Men, number 14. Everybody's favorite, The Avengers, number four. Woo! The listener pick this week, Children of the Vault, number one. Night Terrors, number three. And The Einfeld Gang Massacre. This is a spin-out of That Texas Blood, which is something it's, that I've never read. We'll oh, get into that. Okay. Yeah. All right. It, this tracks. Is um, that dude? Is that not the that football the football one? Am I thinking of something else? Fo- clearly not foot. You're football. thinking of Southern Bastards. That's it. A book that will never be finished. <laughs> um, so we're gonna start with Immortal X Men, and this issue is picking things up after the events of the gala. Most of the X-Books, if not all of the X-Books, are now responding to the events of the Hellfire Gala um, in their books. And they're, they're pretty radically different now. Um, Immortal keeps the same identity, but it does shift gears a lot. Uh, this is, of course, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Lucas Warnick, colors by David Curiel uh, and Eric Arsenega, Clayton Cowles on the letters. So the usual suspects here. Now, I found this issue to be a little bit misleading because yeah. the cover features Charles, Professor Xavier, and presumably this is taking place in the immediate aftermath of the gala. Um, but really, Charles is only the focal point for a few pages. Like, the whole book's not necessarily about him. Um and uh, I feel like it really didn't progress him much. Like, he's just kind of where he's at. Yeah. Uh, did you get uh, one of the variants, Sean? Did you get the uh, Emma Frost one, Marco? Oh, Marco, we're not MCU talking about variant. that book. <laughs> Wait, what? We're talking about Immortal X-Men. Dingus. Oh, I still, still, got a, still got a variant. Oh, okay. Do you care to comment on the, the, the subject matter? Or... <laughs> Like he I was so distracted to show off his variants. <laughs> uh, um, I think the the fallout's been frustrating because of how convoluted Hellfire Gala was. And so some of these pieces, as much as they can track against the aftermath, there's some like small pieces like the, uh, I didn't know that uh, Shaw had this injection that can just not make him a mutant. I don't know if that was previously that, addressed in something else. That always exists. That's yeah, always that's been very, out there. Uh, whether or not Shaw's had it is irrelevant, but like that's something Moira made. Yeah. Okay. I mean, otherwise, uh, this because it's moved away from like the core. Uh, what you call it? The the cast. Yeah, a little bit. 
uh, and everybody just kind of disparate. It dragged along a bit, and I don't think it was necessarily a bad read, but I felt myself just kind of not as engaged with it. I think it can bring me back into the fold once we sort of settle after coming out of what's been happening in Gala, but um, yeah, out the gate, uh, like I, I don't necessarily care for uh, Professor X being all sad and mopey right now. I am surprised that I enjoyed X-Men last week more than I enjoyed Immortal X-Men. Hmm. Um, I'm with you, Sean. Like, this didn't feel... This did feel a little... Um, I guess I, I didn't know this. I didn't know I was coming in for a Sebastian Shaw POV piece, you know? Right. Um, the cover, the preview pages all make you think it's going to be Professor X's, you know, immediate reaction to what happens uh, in, in, uh, after the Hellfire Gala. Um, but yeah, I was kind of bored by it. Like, after all the crazy stuff that happened in Hellfire Gala, like, I, it was cool seeing Kitty do her thing last week. It was cool seeing, like, the mutants kind of in a place where they they are now the underdogs again. They need to kind of fight their way back. You know what's not cool? Reading multiple pages about Sebastian Shaw's business affairs. Um, Failed business affairs. Yeah, like, I just wasn't really into it. Um, and it's, this felt like a more of a... Uh, this is like uh, trying to make Mother Righteous happen again. You know, like... It's like... Starting to feel like, and I, and I hate saying this because dumb people say this, but I'm, allow me to be dumb real quick. I feel like they're shoving her down our throats. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's it's a bit much. It, it it honestly feels like almost so far, the fall of X was a Duggan thing. You know, with him writing it, uh, with X Men kind of being the um the real fallout of of Hellfire Gala. And this kind of felt like Gillen trying to still maintain his whole Quiet Council book because that's what Immortal X-Men really wound up being when there isn't a Quiet Council anymore. Um, and I was not really into it, but we'll see. I, the, I mean, we still have the Apocalypse supposed issue coming up, so yeah. Apocalypse can always save me, but we'll see. Um. You know, I so first of all, let's let's say this. Let's say that the issue does deal with, you know, Professor X's feelings about what happened after the gala. He feels responsible for, you know, killing all the mutants. He believes they're he believes them to be dead. We know that they're not, um, but he believes that they're dead. And so he's just, you know, in a in a in a fog right now. He is he is in his his time of mourning. Um, and I, I like the, the opening pages. I like the way that Garen kind of plays it. Like professor X just can't stop thinking about these, these moments over and over again. And this decision that he made that has these horrible repercussions. Um, you know, I, I was definitely into that. And I think this issue, if this were like, a this were like a television show, this would be a, a, a solid, uh, episode but obviously we know that there would be like like it'd be like two or three or or even four ish, uh, issues of the book combined into one episode of a television show whereas this is two 
bite-sized for what I think Darren is trying to get across. This is a moment in Professor X's grieving, um, mm-hmm. and I have no issue seeing that. But because the whole issue doesn't deal with it, I'm like, I don't know if I want to deal with this for several issues. Like, I was hoping he would be in his mind in this issue, go through the pain of it, and then maybe a little bit come out the other side. Maybe start to formulate a plan. Maybe start to figure out how he's going to, you know, uh, help. But that doesn't really happen. I think to to address your first point on, on this, I think this reflection works better than the moment in the Hellfire Gala because there was, I felt like, just an influx of things happening. Whereas here, it's quiet. We get to sit with him alongside on the beach and just reflect on what had happened. You're like, oh yeah, that's actually like some crazy, some crazy stuff actually went down. Um, and I didn't mind that it didn't focus on him entirely. Uh, I didn't care for the, some of the Shaw pieces. Like, I don't know how that's going to play long term. But um, I think, I think if they had dealt a little bit more with. Uh, with Xavier, I probably would have gotten a bigger kick out of it, and we could have gotten to the end part sooner, where you know we're we're in this sort of pilgrimage, and that I thought was really cool, and I would have liked to have seen them go through something. Uh, it, it's just about to start, which is I think a nice uh, segue into this next uh, stage and where the X Men are. Um, but I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. It is but a little I too think- decompressed. What was that, Tyler? I think it's a little too decompressed, this issue at least. I know a lot of Immortal X-Men has been cerebral in the sense that we get to get, you know, a POV character's actual thoughts about what's going on. Um, but I thought nothing really happened in this issue. <laughs> it's definitely a slow issue yeah. in the sense that it's it's giving us the opportunity to breathe with the events that just happened and catch up with the characters that we presumably like, um, which would be the cast of Immortal X-Men. Um, I mean, and it shows us pretty much everybody that we're used to seeing, except those that are off the board. But they're again, they're in very, very different places. And I thought the allure, I thought the purpose of this book was to show us the Quiet Council. So if that's, if that's mm-hmm. no longer a thing, then the book is forced to reinvent itself. And I think we are now going to be in the waiting game of what is that reinvention? Mm. I mean, I guess this was a beach episode. Right? <laughs> Quite literally. I guess you too. could say that. I guess you could say that. Uh, on the art, Wernick has uh, been the artist, you know, pretty consistently uh, throughout this and other X books. Um, and I think he did a solid job here as well. Um, I'm a big fan of the the Emma Frost moment, the the moment where she's like standing tall yeah, over Shaw. <laughs> yeah, of course, you know I'm she cannot that. escape that costume. Emma, yeah, nor should hey, she. Oh, you're literally about to say the same thing. Thank you, Sean. Yeah. I'm, I mean, what's what's wrong with it? Have uh, Have you guys been liking the Fall of X design? The, the like scratchiness and the non-clean yeah. aesthetic that has been throughout the book, even even some of the in-between pages we have. It looks like Photoshop 101. Like <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks not as well thought out as some of the clean designs that Muller had previously. And I don't know if he's doing the same I don't designs after, uh, but yeah, there's a bit of, 
like I get the the aesthetic being you know destruction and everything's all scratched up and broken, but uh, it's not it's not connecting with me. Marco, did you have any thoughts on the art? Um, I mean, Wernick's been doing a solid job. Like I, I there's nothing structurally wrong with it. I think his pacing's well. Uh, I think he just does an overall good job. I don't like his bearded Xavier. Yeah. No? The beard looked weird. Coming from a, a guy who, when I grow a beard, it looks weird. You know, I can, I can say that. I, I, it's you know, Kieran Gillen. I, I guess. Who said it looked like you, Sean? Was that Kale in the chat? It was Kale, yeah. yeah. It was Kale being stupid in our <laughs> chat. It's a little scraggly. Yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it, to be honest. I think the art's good. I still think that there's a couple of times where Nick does the thing where he reuses the same art in another panel and like just changes some background stuff. Yeah. I mean, that's a common, uh, you know, control, control, control C, you know, uh, control V sort of thing, but um, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, you see it a lot in the Xavier sequence, Mm -hmm. um, but in that particular sequence, I do think, um, there is some, uh, like storytelling value to it. Um, because you know, we're stuck in this moment with Xavier, but, um, yeah, overall I'm still in on this series. I think this has been strong. Um, I, I like immortal X-Men a lot after we've gotten out of that sins of sinister slump that we were in, but it is changing and it feels like the X books change a lot. Um, and, uh, I wish we could just stay in something that didn't suck for a little while. If the next issue of this book is also like this, I think they should have just relaunched with a new name. Honestly, if it's, if it's leaving the quiet council theme, I think it should be called something else, but Mm. it's too late for that. No, honestly, I I don't need a new number one that, that feels like. No, I, I would I would rather it. I see what you're saying, but I would much rather they keep whatever this story is. Like this is just a wave in that longer story, and I'm assuming that there is a longer story here, and we're gonna keep going down with this. But I would yeah. prefer sticking to the book than uh, having like a, a relaunch or reset. Uh, in my at opinion, this point. relaunches or resets though don't necessarily mean that the story or creative team needs to change. Know. they don't but at that case then in my mind it. like for in the my trade. Mind. yeah yeah for sure uh tristan maldonado says is it okay for me to say that i call fall of x rebellion of x yeah sure that's how you feel i mean we'll <laughs> frankly it doesn't matter what we call these things uh but we are in the fall of x era right now i'm i'm excited to see where things go but we very 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 much are in the beginning stages of it yeah. And it feels like a radical shift. And I am here for it, but I don't know if I trust the architects. And by the architects, I'm more specifically talking about Jerry Duggan. Mm. Uh, Manny says, new arc of X. Is it a good jumping on point? Mm, we ta- We answered this last week, but uh, the answer is that Hellfire Gala itself is where you would jump in if you were so inclined to do that. But of course, with the X books, this is the most tight continuity 
you know, week to week storytelling in comics. And, you know, there will be things that you are lost on. It's inevitable. For sure. Uh, pull pass. Pull. Mm. Pull and, and I'm looking forward to the next issue, especially knowing where the uh, the rest of the mutants are or part of some of them are yeah for me it's a pull just because i'm invested in the story that's happening but i don't necessarily think this is a great issue does that make sense no i agree i definitely agree like if you told me right this is the only issue outside of the context of it i'd pass on it yeah i see what you mean yeah i guess i guess yeah this is like that that not so great episode of, you know, whatever show you're into, um, but I'm still in for the longer haul. I'm gonna say the wire, Same. but there are no bad episodes of the wire. So uh, I don't know about that. Bad? I don't know. I don't know if I would say bad. I don't think the wire ever did anything bad. But some people think the whole last season is bad. So anyway, um, we have a lot more books to talk about and a lot more stuff to fill you guys in on. First of which is I want to let you guys know that uh, we will be having Heather Antos on the show this Saturday. So we're really excited for that. It's going to be a great conversation. We're going to be talking Star Trek, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, her aspirations as an editor. I want to dig into the nitty gritty because, you know, we mostly interview writers yeah. and then uh, and then I guess artists would be after that. Very, very rarely do we get to talk to an editor so i'm very excited about that. i know she was one of the more prominent voices on the uh comics broke me side of uh twitter too that happened earlier this summer too so yeah um, yeah absolutely we'll be talking about that too would be pretty interesting um patreon.com slash the comics pals is the absolute best way to support your boys we love to give you some bang for your bucks so you can expect a lot of cool exclusive stuff over there like our newsletter uh, this week I gave my my final thoughts on the um, the uh, the DC Comics implosion and Oppenheimer. So check that out. Um, you can get a uh, Tyler's newsletter. He did a whole ranking last week of the New Fifty Two, so that was pretty cool. Bit off a lot more than I can chew, but it, it's oh. it was fun. It was fun other otherwise. You got it done. That's what counts. Um, you want to watch this show live you can do that every single thursday at 6 p.m eastern saturdays at 10 15 a.m eastern for the main show that is live on youtube both of these shows are live on youtube um everything else at the comics pals hit the like button if you're enjoying what we're doing subscribe if you haven't subscribed let your friends know that uh you enjoy the show let's talk avengers number four Oof. yeah um this is written by Jed McKay with art by C.F. Villa. Colors by Federico Blee. Letters by Corey Pettit. That's nice. That's a nice cover. Yeah, I got, got the, the Alex Ross cover. One. Do you just get I all got, the, B, the B variants, Marco? I got all variants. That would yeah. drive me insane. <laughs> what? Uh, I, to the extent that, and I'll talk about it later, one of them I want to cut off and I want to put up on my wall. Oh, I'm making a collage, dude. Oh, Sean, is it, I just Sean. realized mine is a variant. Is it? Wait, really? Which yeah. one do you have? Which one is it? I I thought this was the standard cover. Oh no, that's I didn't the variant see... as well. Yeah, it's also variant. Yeah, oh, I, I, like I didn't one. see the main one. Sean, are you like me, where like I need to get the A cover if I can? No, okay. I I get the cool the cover that appeals most to me most, visually. Yeah, same. Interesting. I I have a little OCD with it. I'm like, all right, this is the ones that all stick together. Depends the series. 
Um, look. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> The creative team and writer is. <laughs> oh, I already did that. Um, uh, you know what, Tyler? Why don't you start, guys? I know it's Thursday, but you know what this book reminds me of? It reminds me of a good Saturday morning cartoon show. Uh, it is brain off, pit some bad guys against your favorite Avengers, and let's do some cool stuff. I don't gotta think at much, that much for this book. There's not much going on. It's these cool villains. One of them looks like a, a biblically accurate angel, which is neat. Um, one of them can control cities, which is also neat. It's like candy. This book. This is the candy of, of Avengers stuff right now. Jason Aaron did all his stuff, and it was convoluted and made no sense by the end of it. Um, Hickman did his Avengers, which was really good, and it you made you think. And you had to actually invest in all the books around it. You know, there was there was um, mythos to it as well. This is like a nerd's rope. Where, you know, you just get to get to enjoy the art. The, 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 the art is very good. And McKay sets up some interesting set pieces for them to tackle. Next book, guys. That's all we got to talk about, right? We're done. I, the... Out the gate, I don't think I've been on one of the Avengers reviews. Um, I don't like the fact that they're not together. Like they're fighting at the same time, but they're not it's only, together. They're, it's only Black Panther and uh, Captain America that are fighting. What are you talking about? Did so, you... No, you're, Marco's talking about the 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 fighting that they're doing. Oh, oh, right oh now. I thought you meant infighting. Okay, got it. Oh no 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 sorry. Uh, that's like bickering, and it's and it's honestly tiring. I, I don't care to see them bicker and like squabble and shit. I, I, I don't need to see that. And it, it would be more interesting. And if I thought it was done well to a, to a point where I could see uh, maybe Black Panther's point or, you know, Falcon's point, whatever it might be, Cap's point, like, but. Uh, you just dead named him, jeez. <laughs> but that's, it felt empty. And then the fact that they are all over the world that makes sense, fine, but I would like to see the team together engaged, acting as one, being a unit. And here we're just seeing, I mean, realistically, you, you could you could tell me these are, this is a uh, like an anthology book and these are independent stories. And yeah, they're communicating to each other, but if you took that out, I mean, what would be the difference? It's just, oh yeah, we're, we're this is the, you know, six pages of Iron Man and the five pages of uh, uh, whatever. Like, uh, his name is it, Thor. Okay. This feels like but, um not the not Avengers versus X Men, but this feels like AVX. Sean, you remember the difference, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was the 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 versus book. Yep. Um, it just feels like action figures fighting to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't pop off for that. All right, I decided that I would come into this review and. <laughs> try to be more tempered than I was the last time. And Sean, just before you go, before you get off, you decided to put this on here. Of course. Yeah. yeah. This is your call. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I'm really, I had people questioning it in the discord. Like, Oh, why are you? I think Joel was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't expect you guys to actually to do this review. So. Se sev yeah. Several people, like a few people have said that. And you know, 
everybody knows I, I put the shows together, but I don't do things just based on what I like. I do things based on what I think is interesting, what you guys want to hear, and what the, the the overall group wants to talk about. I've I haven't liked this book, but Tyler does, and people in our community like it. So you know, it is what it is. Um, I would not read this if it weren't for this show. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't believe that this is what's happening in the in the the Avengers book. Um, I have never in the history of my reading Black Panther comics disliked the character so much, and I don't understand what Jed is trying to do with Black Panther. Uh, he comes across as a baby. Did you? This is a king. Did yeah. you read um? Captain America, whichever the Sam Wilson one was, the most recent run. Uh, I didn't get all the way through it. I know they have problems, but yeah, that's that's, where it kind of kicks off. But Um, that's that's a separate issue. It doesn't matter why they're doing this. It matters that this is every issue. It's the only thing that either one of them get to do. And they sound really bad, really, really, really bad. Um, Black Panther says. Um, our enemies appear to be predators used to descending upon the home, the homes of their prey and sowing terror. But the Black Panther knows something about sowing terror. Let them look up and see their home burning up in re-entry. Bro, I was so confused by that. I don't know, because then I feel like before that, he had like a snarky comment that felt very dissonant to then that follow-up. Yeah, absolutely. Our, so our, so let, let me get let me yeah, get through yeah. this, please. Uh, Sam says, fine by me, Panther, but you know the deal. No collateral damage. I find so much as a janitor in this creep show. Saving lives takes precedence. To which Black Panther responds, Sam, I know you don't like me, and I know that I've given you reason not to, but please do not presume to lecture me. Okay, so maybe Sam and Black Panther have a beef right now, but Sam Wilson, in this moment, where everything appears to be on the line, right? This is the most pressing matter. It demands the attention of the Avengers, decides that he needs to let Black Panther know that no killing is allowed on the Avengers team. Yeah. Black Panther, not Wolverine, not Deadpool, nobody like that. Black Panther, a character known for murder. Is there something going on in the Black Panther book that we're just not privy to? Like, cause I he's, know that's where this costume is from too. Yeah. He's, he's on the run and, and things like that, but like he's still T'Challa and they're treating him like he's not, or I should say Jed McKay is treating yeah. him like he's not, he's acting as if this is a completely different character. Hmm. And I don't I mean, get it. Free. Free Hickman's Avengers. I think well, pre black Panther becoming popular because of the MCU. Um, he was a little more hard edged, but I don't. I don't think he was ever like, you know, like oh, you know, casualties happen. You know, I don't think he was ever that guy, unless they were. You know, you, you were talking about um, Atlanteans or whatever the heck Namor's people are. Um, those people can go screw. Um, but yeah, I, like like I know he was the man without fear back when he took over Daredevil spot. Um, they what? That's cool. Oh yeah, by a uh, drawn by Frank Avia. Pretty good. Oh. He fights the hate monger. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't get that either. 
Like, yeah. I don't mind Black Panther being a dick. He can be a dick. He can be, like, royal king, kind of, you know, hoity-toity full of himself. That he has the capacity for that. He always has. But I've never considered him as, like, not willing to also be working on a team correctly, you know? Well, you, you, can, you can be, like, a royal... You can have a royal presence and still not be, like, an asshole to people. This He just comes off as rude and... That doesn't feel kingly. That doesn't feel to his 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 status, and um, and and that's me not even like having read a lot of that. It's just the the way that you would think of him either in the movies or of some of the selects that we have read. It just feels dissonant. One hundred percent. I think it would have worked for Black Panther, like in like early two thousands Fantastic Four comics, maybe, maybe. But yeah, in the year twenty twenty three, I'm with you guys. And I don't care for these face-offs. I just don't. It's so mm-hmm. bizarre to me that you you launch a new Avengers number one and four issues in, the characters have only been... This is their first mission, and they've only been in the room together. Actually, actually they've never fought on the same side, have they? The first like, issue, when they were fighting okay. that, that big mech the, dude. The mech, yeah. right. Yeah, and it's like... I just don't care about this. Um, you know, I'm sure everyone's trying their hardest, you know, on the creative end. I think the art's good. Villa's always good for yeah, you know, good quality art. work. I really like the fight visually between Thor and that fake god. Um, but I just, this is not good. <laughs> like Tyler said this was candy. I don't see how this is You don't, you don't have a sweet tooth. <laughs> Oh, I do. I I probably have the the biggest sweet tooth on this podcast for for schlock, for for like just <laughs> regular just superhero bullshit. But this isn't that. This doesn't feel fun. Like Amazing Spider Man is candy. Amazing Spider Man is schlock. This is superhero sweet tooth appealing candy. Mm. This this. I don't. This is processed garbage food. This Damn. is content. It's Damn. not. It's there's nothing there. I I generated that. This feels like, and I don't mean this as a slight, because I because I am enjoying this book, but this feels like the most uh, 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 transition champion of Avengers so far. You know what I mean? Um. So we'll see. We'll see where this goes. I mean, this is still supposed to tie into all that uh, timeless stuff too with Kang, right? It, it is. It is currently. Yeah. Because this is the oh, this is the, the first thing that yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. And we only saw half of the Avengers fighting. Like, there's still another three villains that will probably be taking up the entirety of issue five. This is going to be and the then whole six, issue six issue is going to be them switching villains, and then that'll that'll solve the issue. Right. But, uh Mm, I'm somewhere in between you guys. Like, I, I don't know that it's definitely not candy. It's not schlock to me, but it's like, it's, it, this is, this is passable. And I like, uh, it doesn't feel like the, there's, there's distant parts to this. They are uh, on the art front is solid. I think the pacing is okay. It's not the type of comic I'll consume, but that doesn't necessarily take away from it being just the, a workable book like i i feel the same way about this that i do about amazing spider-man where like 
actually no, because Spinning Spider Man, I just know I, I I can't knock it. Uh, I just don't like it. Don't talk about him again. It's that way. <laughs> uh, but this is this is a passable work, and uh, and I don't initially enjoy it. But I'm not too far gone one way or the other. I, I will say I think that it, it's C, uh, CF Villa. Villa is yeah, it? Villa, yeah. Yeah. Um, Villa. I think the art's very good. I think there's oh, yeah. that that one page where it's just three vertical panels of all the different fights happening at once and all the Avengers and like precarious predicaments. I think it looks really, really good. Um, like I look at this and we just talked about Warnick. Like this, this is kind of blowing that stuff out of the water. In my, um, there's a he's got a lot to do in this one issue. A lot of different things to do in this one issue. And on that, I would like to say something uh, more positive, and it won't be about the script, but um, I think that, like, for example, pages like this one that I'm holding up right now, yeah, like um, which is the it's Thor in the middle of the battle with this fake god, and the way that the panels are broken up by the lightning, um, that's a really cool, you know, it's a really cool thing that we've seen before, but it just looks nice in it. Yeah. It kind of breaks up the monotony um, and adds some uh, some interesting elements to the visuals of the fight. I really like that. Federico Blee on colors. He's amazing. Super yeah, talented. For sure. So uh, Tristan in the YouTube chat said, uh, what do you think of the new stealth suit for Iron Man? I don't care for it. Me neither. I don't like it. It's not stealth and well is what I replied with, but yeah, I caught pretty quickly. Um, it's fine. It looks like, like Radiant Black, like a Radiant Black character. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is not a knock. It's just like that's not Iron Man. It it removes some of his iconography because some of it's also yeah. tied to his colors. Yep. Um. And yeah. So for me, I'm just like, oh yeah. Oh like, Iron Man. Okay. No, if you're gonna suit? change oh. the colors, you need to keep the form the same. Like I think of like the black and gold. Yeah. Like uh, your heroic age Iron Man. Like that's a good cop. That's a good uh model. But right. The form was. I would pass. Um, I absolutely don't think there's anything here for um, core fans of the Avengers, to be honest. Um, I think the art is really, really good. And maybe that's why you buy this. But I think if you were hoping that this was going to be the next like big, epic, exciting, fun Avengers run, to me, this is not that. But again, I, I recognize that other people feel differently. So if you like what you've read, then I guess this is probably for you. Um, I think Jed McKay is a very talented writer, and I've enjoyed other things he's done. Um, and the art's great. So, But for me, it's definitely a pass. Sean, when did Hickman's Avengers end? What year? Do you know? Uh, yeah, so that was uh, the same year of Secret Wars. So that's 2015, 2016, 2015. Are you how frustrated are you that you haven't been able to read an Avengers book you've liked in eight years? Um, I I I think a lot of my frustrations with this book also stem from that fact yeah. that I love the Avengers so much. New Avengers number one was one of the first comics I got delivered to my door. Um, and this is such a far cry from anything that I came to know the Avengers books to be for the 10 years that I was actively reading them. Because as I'm reading this, I'm cognizant of that as well, because I'm the same. We, you and I started pretty much the exact same area. And I think we both have a love for like the Bendis Avengers stuff. 
Yeah. And I'm almost wondering if it's the inverse for me, where I crave Avengers so much, and that's why I will never stop reading it. And I will almost find a way to, to I don't know, like Beauty and the Beast myself into falling in love with the Avengers. Sure. Um, that's why I read all Jason Aaron's Avengers, you know? But Hey, Inquisitor Drace. Thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting. And yeah, uh, I think we were agreed. Dig the Avengers art. I don't know about the story. Out on the story. <laughs> Dan says, just got here. Shama talking about how much he loves this issue. <laughs> Quite the opposite. Quite you know the opposite. Dan. But I tried to give praise because I, I don't want to be, I don't come here to shit on comics. I really, really don't. And I hate Debbie the fact Downer. that, you know, we love having guests on and we lo- I love all these people. Um, but not everything's going to work for me. Not everything's going to work for all of us. Um, but it's just the degree to which I don't like this book um, makes it so that I don't want to come on and talk about it. But, you know, you guys want to hear us discuss the biggest books in comics. So we will continue to do that. Um, speaking of which, let's talk about the books that you the book you wanted us to read the most in an absolute landslide. Children of the Vault won the listener pick poll this week. Uh, this is by Dennis Camp. Dennis Camp, who is a, I would say, a very uh, up and coming writer, whose name is uh, I, I think ringing out now. I think yeah, more I've and more a lot people in the big, in the big two area. Big yeah. two sphere. Uh, art by Luca Maresca, colors by Carlos Lopez, letters by Corey Pettit. So this deals with the Children of the Vault, which is probably something that confuses a lot of people. <laughs> um, it's a hard concept to, to keep up with, but essentially there's a place called, I think it's the city, right? The city, yeah. Or is it the world? Yeah, yeah the, city. the city. The, the world, world is, is a fancy thing. Yeah. Um, the city where people are hyper growing. Like they're growing at a, or time passes there a lot faster yeah. than time in our world. So decades or a decade here is like a thousand years over there. Something dramatic like that. And yeah. these people <laughs> were locked away in the vault um, because they're extremely dangerous. Yep. And it, it's, it's almost like an alien invasion that starts on your planet. Like the invaders are already here and they were never anywhere else. Um, it's pretty cool. It's a cool concept. And it's one that we were hoping would be further explored. Fall of X presents the best opportunity to do that because the fail safes and the things that were keeping the children stuck no longer exist. And so they come out with a vengeance and Bishop and Cable are the two that have to stop them. That's pretty much the concept. What'd you guys think about the execution? I like that. This is actually just a Cable and Bishop buddy cop book um, with this big superhero team. That's, you know, mind controlling the world. uh, And that's who they have to take care of. You know, they have to, they have to take down this daunting task. Um, because those these two, Cable and Bishop, they have a lot to work out together. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are not friends. Um, so seeing that is good. I was confused. Like, I feel like half the guys that are the children on the cover are not the ones in the book. I'm conf- <laughs> I don't I can't keep track of who's who in terms of the children. Um like there are more than the ones that are on the cover. It's it was a little confusing. Um even like the character page that's in the book, like the guy with the Cyclops face, he's not even on the character sheet, even though he's in the first half of the book. It was confusing to me, um, but I like the concept a lot, and I and I'm interested in 
what happens in this because I like Cable and Bishop so much. So. Yeah, I thought um, I thought this was fun. I, I, uh, similar to Tyler, I like that we have our, our two POV characters and they're kind of taking us along through this and we're seeing the children sort of ancillary. They are doing things uh, and they're not necessarily in the background, but it's happening around them. And I like that framing because it helps us get into the into the moment as well because you know we've we've jumped a f x number of weeks right and that's been sort of the theme and I, I don't know where it all sits but uh the fact that we're we know that we're in this we're in the post hellfire gala space and coming after the the children are released yeah i dug it it was fun i i really 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 like this issue a lot um, I thought this was fantastic. Uh, Camp is the one that wrote the Bloodshot series that we had uh, oh. reviewed the first issue of, and we really, really enjoyed. Um, that and, was great. And if and there's I, uh, any character that's like Bloodshot in the Marvel Universe, I feel like Cable would be one of them. Right. I was going to say, getting Cable and Bishop to be the primary characters in a book like this, written by this particular writer, makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the pairing of those of these two a lot. It's something that, you know, Marvel will dredge up every now and then. But for the most part, I feel like we don't see a lot of Cable and Bishop um, interactions of this nature. Um, and so I really I really enjoyed their pairing here. I thought that was great. Seeing the children, you know, they basically promised the same thing that Charles Xavier did to the people of Earth. Um, they promise advanced technology. They promise them they're going to solve, you know, world hunger and all these different other, you know, human issues. And I thought it was funny how fast humanity accepted this after everything that happened with the mutants. Yeah. And not, not only that, but I, I just thought that if they were able to hack the gates, if they knew everything that was going on, if they knew all their back, whatever infrastructure, why wasn't this caught? And that felt a little dissonant to me because I'm like, surely Orcas did their due diligence to invade and you know hack everything, but they forgot about the vault. And whatever, I'll let that slide. Um, but I, I wasn't the interpretation that uh that the vault was only known to few people. Like this was it was like a secret thing even for the X. I don't even think the Quiet Council knew about the vault. The vault, the vault is not on Krakoa. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's is it in Genosha? Something like that. It's in, it's it in Ecuador, it's bro. In Ecuador, yeah. Come on, bro. Represent, dude. Well, things are going a little <laughs> complicated over there right now. So yeah, things are very complicated over yeah. there right now. Yes. <laughs> it's um, all because of this fall of X, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's why. and and <laughs> I, I I guess the only thing I struggled with, and I think this was my pick of the week, um, but mm. the only thing I struggled with is that the events of this issue are probably gonna be undone like the events of this mini rather are good they're gonna be undone the world cannot advance as far oh, as yeah. the book you know is is doing so this is all gonna get undone and it makes it feel like eh, do we need to read this I, I i often struggle with is this relevant but i'm going to look past that for this specifically because this is so good Um, yeah, really? I'm kind of with you. It kind of just feels like a harmless mini that you know just happens to come out because you know they need a new line of, of books to come out. You know, yeah. Um, 
Am I a little bummed that like I didn't get to hear this from Hickman, like hear this story or, or read this story from Hickman? Sure, but I can say that about every any goddamn book on the X Men line, and I just gotta you know give up on that. Um, but the characters are cool, you know. We'll see if they have lasting power. You know, I think about the um the the Avengers book and those new characters there, and then that makes me think about like the Black Order and how like the Black Order had their own miniseries for a bit. So mm-hmm. I'm always curious to see like if these new characters, because it is cool seeing new characters created. Um, to see if they have any yeah. kind of staying power going forward. I don't think they are. I think this is, you know, for this moment. And after we get out of Fall of X, I don't think these guys are sticking around. I think this is very much just, it's a use case and that's it. Could be. Can, can I derail very slightly and make an example of, of what I wish could happen with this or what could have been, I guess. Okay. If you look at um, Rick Remender's Uncanny X-Force, um, in that series, the primary conflict uh, involves the rapid, the rapid growth of a particular place on Earth because of the apocalypse seed or something like that. And the X-Force has to go there and deal with that and the ramifications of that. And that spans over several issues and there are a lot of problems that come as a result of that. It's pretty interesting. And I think that if Hickman were still around the children of the vault would have been something that the x-men as a whole would have had to deal with and i think that uh honors the threat of these characters more if the x-men have to face this rather than bishop and cable like it's interesting that it's bishop and cable but i think it would feel like a larger like it would feel like the larger problem that it is if it got the x-men's attention and also like I feel like the two characters that are most tied into the these children of the vault are Wolverine and Sink. And they're not in this. You know, they're the ones that live there for oh, so good. How many years? No, wait. It Oh no, never mind. That's right. Ridiculous thoughts in the in the chat uh brings up an interesting point. Uh I feel like Cable and Bishop are still in a simulation. Everything in this issue is not real. Uh, nobody tried to stop the children, not even the Avengers. They were just able to grow into a powerful cult-like force with no resistance. Uh, you know what? I, I, I totally get that, and I think that's a valid point, and it would be really interesting if that were to be the reveal. My only argument against what you're saying is the fact that this is comics, and we see things like that happen literally all the time, mm-hmm. where the Avengers just aren't around. Hey, the Avengers are busy fighting the whatever stupid group that is in Avengers in the Avengers proper. And they're, they just don't have the time. They just, they're on dates. They're, they're too busy right now. <laughs> and it's not like there was no resistance. This is, this is the psychic virus that was given to like, there's a reason why everyone is, is in with them. Right. Yeah. Everybody is under mind control at this yeah. point. Maybe that's the out too. All the heroes are too. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with what Dan said. X-Men often feels like it's not in the Marvel Universe. And I yeah. think that's kind of how I often have read the book in the past. This era right now is the most connected the X-Men have felt to the Marvel Universe in a long time. I mean, you have Emma um, Frost and Tony Stark dating. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, ain't that something. Yeah, they're, they're engaged to be married or they're getting married. Yeah. Uh, Easy pull, pick of the week for me. Uh, yeah, pull. It's, it's a good. pull for me too. 
Is um, do we know is this like a mini? Is this? It's one of the minis, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, pull for sure. Uh, Manny asked, "Do people see the children as villains who don't know them?" Uh, I think the idea is that they're being infected. Well, it's definitely that they're being infected with a virus, and no one knows them, you know, until they come. So I think people are accepting the message, and the message. Brings the virus. the virus, yeah. Right, so it's um, a virus of ideas. It's almost like seeing it infects you. Not even necessarily an acceptance. Just as soon as you see it, yeah, it's an idea that plagues you, and then that's it. Like you're just under the spell. Mm. Hey, Nick Paquette on the cover, though. That's another thing I wanted to shout out real quick. Uh, we'll see Paquette do a, a Marvel cover. Yeah, and it's a good one. I, I do yeah. wish maybe that it made it more clear that Bishop and Cable are the primary people in the book, but um, it's still, it's a nice cover. It's a good yeah. cover. I, I, I'm i interested in the sales of this because I think if, if it was marketed more, I think Dan said it earlier, if it was marketed more as a Bishop Cable book, I think I maybe it would have more of a success. Yeah, sure. a thousand percent. Yeah, Cable has tons of name, name. I think more name recognition than people realize. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a Marvelous I, I Capcom guy, like, you know Cable. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Hey, Top Lane, how you doing? Welcome. Uh, you want to talk about an idea that's infectious. You want to talk about something that can put you under a spell. Night Terrors has had me under a spell, uh, one that I'm grateful for because it's improved my sleep a lot. And I know I've made that joke every single week we've done this show, but I feel like I'm reading the same issue of Night Terrors every time we come to talk about it. So we're talking about Night Terrors number three, written by Joshua Williamson. Uh, we've got art by Giuseppe Camuncoli, who I love. Um, Stefano Nessi and Casper Wingard. Colors by Frank Martin. Letters by Troy Pateri. Um, how did you, how did you, Tyler, feel about this issue of Night Terrors? Three or four? I skipped two. Um, All together? Yeah. I wasn't on the you show and I forgot it. about it until I read this. And I already read the entirety of the issue and I realized, oh, I didn't even need to read two. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I read this and I'm like, I don't, it, it still hasn't really gotten anywhere. Um, this is a snooze fest, honestly. I'm not into this at all. Uh, I, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out a good thing to say about this. Um, I think the red Batman costume was cool. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, yeah, it's just like, there's, there's nothing here for me. Like, I, it's, it's a Batman book where Batman isn't even Batman. You know, it, it's Dead Man um, arguing with Damian Wayne. And like, is it cool Wesley Dodds is back? Sure, I guess for, you know, the two dozen people out there that are big Wesley Dodds fans. Uh, yeah, there's one of them right here. Hey there. Um, but I'm not into it. The the cheesy uh, theater, theater and intro by Dead Man was like, all right, you're being a little cute here, which would be fine for a book where I felt like that fit. This doesn't fit that. Um, and the Kevin Coley art's good. I think the art is good, but the art does, they don't, it's like, you know, when you mix peanut butter and chocolate together, that's a good combination. This is like mixing sardines and, uh, I don't know, peanut butter together. Weird combination, but good, good separate. I don't like Kevin Coley and, and Wingard together. They're a weird pairing that are very different from one another. And it kind of confuses me in terms of feeling of the book. Mm. Um, the 
the the art different the art changes they've been fine for me i think you feel them but stylistically stylistically they're different but i feel like they they all have the same kind of just horror mood and so for me that's been an easy transition even though it's a different of style i think what they're trying to evoke feels similar and i can sort of get across that and it, it translates the story similar to tyler it's it's just a little lacking it's slow I don't know that it um it's not engaging me like it, it's it's by the it's by the numbers I can see the thought process I can see the next step and that's not a fun read and yeah I don't know I, I wouldn't I wouldn't keep reading it if it weren't for the show I don't think and not because it's bad just uh it's it's not engaging me um yeah i i just i don't understand this i i really truly don't you know we've we've lamented the fact that it just doesn't make sense that dc chose to do this uh insert night terrors into the dawn of dc when everything's been going so well like i was recently thinking man i i want to read some batman what happened to batman and i then was reminded that oh yeah all these books are on hiatus Mm. And that sucks. That's really weird and frustrating. Um, and and for this to be what they're on hiatus for, this is I've never read an event that felt more like nothingness. I mean, I don't care about this dude's problem with the Justice League, insomnia. Like the Justice League specifically did something that you know he can't let go of, and he's so angry about, and he wants to get revenge on them, and all this jazz. And it's like, yo. I don't care. I don't know this guy. After this event, we probably won't see this yeah. guy yeah. outside of somebody's someone random's book. He'll be the 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 antagonist in Nightwing, you know, 30 issues from now. Somehow it'll be insomnia. Like this is not event level work. It's not event level storytelling. It's not an event level concept. None of this is that interesting to me. I found Cry for Justice more interesting. Oh. Ooh. What that is. Cry for Justice is definitely one of the worst events I've ever seen. But I found um, it more interesting. Like I think what what the, what the problem is that like I feel like the the craft here is good, the art and all that. But I just find it boring. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I mean it's keeping with the theme of you know everyone going to sleep though. So maybe it's on purpose. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but like theme or not, you know, make engross me, make, make me make me want to come back. And right now the villains lackluster. I'm not getting Batman. We the the new drop in right is Damien, who yeah he's cool, but he doesn't have like the cashier weight to offset Deadman and Wesley Dodds. And I love Wesley Dodds, but frankly, he's not bringing in people to this book, right? Like so. Give me somebody. Give me somebody else to to hook myself and ground myself with, and you're gonna slap me with the son of Batman. I don't yeah, know. yeah. And I I I, I like the Damien parts. That was the biggest thing. That and the art were the biggest things that I came here to praise. Um, I really like Damien. You know, I've I've loved him ever since he was you know debuted in Grant's book, and um, I I like. I think Williamson has a knack for his dialogue. Williamson wrote the 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 Robin book, did he Very not? Very good book too. Yeah, I highly that was awesome. That one. Yeah. Yep. So um, 
the history is there with the character, and I think he brings out the best in Damien. But I just can't connect to the rest of this. And honestly, you know, my biggest... The thing I'm looking forward to the most is for this event to be over and for us to be able to forget it, forget that it happened, honestly, which is what DC is inevitably going to do. They're going to forget that this event happened. This is this is a blip in the radar. Mm, yeah. DC needed a summer event. They're in between major storylines. They haven't ramped up to anything yet. And so this is what they had. I don't understand why this is happening in the summer. It really should be happening, you know, around Halloween. This is odd. This is a pass. Man. No, I'm going to say, I'm going to say keep, keep reading. I, I, just because I'm not vibing with it doesn't mean that somebody might not enjoy it. Um, the question's about you, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say pass, but for then anybody that's it. else. <laughs> that's the question. I feel like you have this Swamp Thing uh, loyalty that this kind of touches, and you don't want to say uh, the pass on it. Don't do it. Don't I, do uh, it. Uh, uh, I think uh, Amin Perez in the YouTube chat uh, said this feels like a Justice League Dark uh, arc instead of an actual event. Uh, and I'm kind of with you. This is a pass for me. Yeah, um, it's it's really rough. It's it's really rough. It's sad that the tie-ins have been superior for the most part. Um, mm. Manny asks, anyone think this type of event is a way to make the main book artists keep their schedule? Uh, DC just does this every so often. The same way that Marvel with the X-Books has that stopgap event around January-ish. Um, that well, Sins of Sinister was one. X-Lives, X-Deaths was one. Where the books kind of stop the main story and they start doing some other thing. And the main titles are all on hold. This is kind of like that. Um, at least then there's real repercussions and ramifications. This feels like nothingness. And Lazarus Planet felt similar, honestly. Oh, that's right. That was a at thing. least the the books were happening concurrently though with Lazarus Planet. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the line wasn't completely shut down for it. This is like convergence. True. Yeah. Right. Yo, I like convergence. Leave it alone. Oh, Don't bully. Doc, no. Had Doc Shaner on his damn book, no, no. so I'm not I'm not against you there. Mm-mm. Don't bully me. Man, that's tough. <laughs> you got to be the one Convergence fan. <laughs> what was the bad, the big bad guy's uh, name on that one? You remember? Like Bellows or something? I only read the side books. So I don't actually know. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> big fan. What? Big fan. Side stories were good, dude. Big fan. Unbelievable. Convergence Nightwing, Convergence Swamp Thing, Convergence Batman. Well, let's not talk about Convergence anymore. Let's talk about the Einfeld Gang Massacre. Ooh. Book of the week. This was written by Chris Condon with art by Jacob Phillips. And it's a miniseries that ties into That Texas Blood. It's in the same universe, but it's telling the story of the Einfeld Gang. Um, apparently a real gang that did, you know, outlaw stuff. Um I didn't know anything about that Texas blood before reading this. I didn't know about any of these characters or not even the writer. The only thing I knew about this was Jacob Phillips and image comics. Mm -hmm. That's all I knew. Um, But what I found was a story that I really, really, really liked. I thought this was awesome. Um, 
and I I came into this thinking it was my pick of the week. Um, I thought this was great. Wait, what changed? Um, I uh, I'm a big fan of that Texas Blood. I think it is a slept on book. I think if you're if you're like a Brubaker Phillips kind of fan, like it is an easy pickup. Um, so I mm-hmm. highly recommend it. So so I, I knew this was tied into it somehow. I, I wasn't exactly sure how. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm I I really enjoy this too. I think Jacob Phillips is you know uh, Sean Phillips is his father. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a son. It, it's very, it's, it's very much like Sean Phillips, um, mm-hmm. but it's a little cleaner. Um, the lines are a little neater. Uh, Sean Phillips has gotten a lot looser, especially, you know, with his more recent stuff, um, where this is a little more straightforward and clean, but it is good looking. And the way he works with shadows and everything like that, that the big reveal of in the guy hanging, yeah. um, the yeah. way that that's shadowed and, mostly in black in some red to know that there's blood there um but it's great i think these guys have a real knack for um the setting of texas and how uh there's a love for texas but also a fear of texas at the same time that's present throughout uh I guess there's like three major arcs of that texas blood and in this it's three books um, right now yeah yeah so yeah it's good Good. Sean, Sean, that text blood is right down your alley. Dude, reading this made me feel yeah. like I got to get that. I got to get on it. But isn't it in the, in the, not in the future, but it's like, it's present day as opposed to Western, right? It, it's in the future of this book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. This book is in the past for us, whereas that text blood is present day. Gotcha. Okay. So this is a book that, like I said earlier, is about the Einfeld gang massacre. But there's a lot more that than meets the eye. And I think that's where the intrigue is. Um, I, I liked it a lot when I first read it. But when I read the back matter in which they include a, mm-hmm. a newspaper article about the events of this book. Um, or that the events of this book are about, I should say. Um, it reveals a lot more. And I, I would say that if you don't want to be spoiled if you want to just follow the story through the comic you should not read the newspaper but in my case it helped me connect with it more because it made me go back and look at things that i had seen and look at them again and then i started to realize like wow there's more here that i didn't i didn't notice um and that to me is i mean not every comic can do that not every story can do that but I think it was done very effectively here and it mm-hmm. added a lot to the book. Yeah. Um, and while I wouldn't say that I connected to any of the characters, I was locked in on the events themselves. Like the things that are happening in this world, I thought were really interesting. Um, and it feels like this is a book that's going to go there. And by there, I mean exactly where it needs to go. And I love books that know where they need to go and aren't afraid to do it. That dude hanging like that and them showing us that told me everything I need to know about this. This is a book that I am very excited to keep up with every, yeah. every month. In yes. that Texas blood, there's there's always a tinge of spookiness in the background. Um, mm. But I think this book is continuing well. Mm. Um, there's always an air of mystery. And there's always a, 
a disgruntled sheriff that has to deal with it. So, but that that Texas blood is um is, is it still ongoing or is it on hiatus? It might be on hiatus. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it's if it's done. Hey man, if they if they're taking the time to do this, all right, more power to them. Um, easy pull. This is yeah. great stuff. I I always every week I feel like we have one book that is a little bit different than the superhero fair um that that's it's like oh shit this is this is good stuff um and this week this is that if you're gonna read any book this week that you didn't plan on buying i would say this is the one to get yeah this is my pick of the week easily yes same yeah easy pull yeah really really great stuff also the covers are apparently uh all connecting covers for the for the series oh are they like one big image nice so uh, i like you know gimmicky stuff like that yeah for ref for anybody um i see that the 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 texas conversation happening in the chat (laughs) capsule a name i've never seen before welcome says i live in san antonio one of the best places I've ever lived. Don't believe the hype. Well, I say to you, A, welcome. B, how many places have you lived? And C, which is the worst? I just, I'm you just want, curious. You want, the, you want the dish. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, need the details. Yeah. Uh, that is not all. We've done, we've done our comic book reviews, but we want to tell you guys what we're what we've been doing, what we've been into this week, what we've been reading. Um and uh, I'm gonna start. I don't know if you had yeah, it, Tyler. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna kick things yeah. off because I wanted to talk about Amazing Spider-Man. Right, I haven't read number thirty-one. Now I said that you know uh, we might take a break from re- reviewing it, and um, I decided to do that just because you know it dominated a slot in the reviews every week, and you know might as well give other things a shot. That a, being said, sorry, you gave us a break by not giving us a ten dollar ninety two page issue. That too, um, this Damn. did not need to be ten dollars. I'll tell you that um, there were a lot of there was a lot of uh, back matter, mm. and I guess it does set up a lot of stories to come. But anyway, focusing on the main story, I thought the main story was fantastic. It really was. This was a great wedding issue. Um, Zeb Wells just at the top of his game. There's a really, um, a really touching piece with Peter and Robert Robbie, who is uh, getting getting married. Um, and I won't. I guess I won't go into it. But like, it shows how Peter is actually a great friend, despite the fact that he messes up a lot, and you know he's not always the friend you want him to be. He's the friend you need him to be when you need a friend. And I like that. Um, it's just a sweet issue, honestly. It's a really, really good comic, and it sets up well the gang war stuff that's coming. Mm-hmm. So, um, I really, really loved it. I, th- I thought it was fantastic. Uh, doesn't this have the the preview of Spider Spider and Rain two in this as well? Spider Man Rain two, the Carrie Andrews stuff. No, there was no preview of that that I was aware of. It's he's he's listed in the credits, Carrie Andrews. Um, I yeah I don't know. Okay. Oh oh the, oh I'm I'm crazy. Yeah no it is here. 
Yeah. How did I not read that? I thought the book was over. It's 92 pages, dude. Oh, I see. I got to the I got to what I thought was the last story, and then it just has this. So I um, thought I was done. I didn't realize that there was more. There's story. more pages after the ads. Okay, that's yeah, that's, that's their fault. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, Damn. I guess I'll be reading that. Uh, <laughs> what you reading next week? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Cool. Um, I'm excited. Is, for is that. Eight Ball in this too? Is eight Ball the villain? Uh, I didn't catch Eight Ball. Uh, that's, that's shotgun. Shotgun came out. Oh yeah, the mysterious shotgun. Yeah, um, mysterious shotgun stealing front seats. The owl. There were there were some there were some cool okay. characters uh, made appearances. Is it make you excited for uh, gang war? Yeah, I was already excited for gang war, Fair. but um, but yes, still, I'm excited for Spider Woman. That's what I'm excited about. Gang war. Hey yo! All right, so for my what you're reading um, is a little complicated. Uh, I have not been reading a book. I've been playing a game that includes a lot of reading. <laughs> uh, I've been playing a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, uh, as have most people on the internet, apparently. Uh, it broke number eight for most concurrent Steam players of all time. Recently, yeah. Um, there's a lot of reading in this. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of dialogue. Um, I've made some horrible decisions in my playthrough. That I can't go back on. Um, there's this, there's this mean goth woman who makes me do bad things, and I do it anyway. Um, bring up your killed kings. an angel for her, and then a whole family got killed because of it. You know, it's fine. It's fine. I am consumed by this game. This game came out uh, fully on Thursday of last week. I have over fifty hours played. Tyler. Yeah. It's, Hell, you uh, you played that game more than you worked. Uh, I've been I was I've been pulling like all nighters with it. I'm a tired man. <laughs> um, Yo. yeah, yeah. That's dedication, bro. And sometimes I'll leave it on. Sometimes in the background. So maybe that that conflated my my playtime. But uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it, guys. <laughs> I think I think awesome. for like one playthrough, they they estimated at minimum a hundred hours before you're finished. So. <laughs> Top lane in the chat. Horniest game in a long time. Dude, you have to do an intimidation roll to figure out if you're going to top someone or not. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Got Marco's interest. She's huh? like, she's like, no, I'm going to control you. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to roll D20 right now. I'm, I'm on top. That's what we're doing. Um, you could fuck a guy who's a druid in bear form. Um, so, yeah, we want, if that was always your fantasy, it was here you go. <laughs> It wasn't until now. Uh, you could you could you could have sex with a mind flare, which is that the guy with the, the tentacles for a face, like a squid face guy. Uh, Marco's like, how much Baldur's Gate three by now? <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you guys are playing it, let me know what you think. Uh, tentacles. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And Marco, you're reading more Swamp Thing. Who's this blue guy? Oh, who is Why this blue guy? Indeed. This is so I'm as people who have been following my newsletter know I am currently doing a Swamp Thing reread of specific arcs that don't get a lot of attention. This is the stuff after Scott Snyder in the New Fifty Two uh, with Charles Soule, Jesus Saiz, and you know most people chat up and talk about the Yannick Paquette things and the Snyder pieces. But uh, Soule did a, had a really good run and one oh, that yeah. I thought yeah. was um, 
underrated a lot of the time. And so uh, this is one, uh, this is an issue 25 or something, maybe the annual. Yeah, I read this from, really good. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm doing a whole deep dive on it where this is the New 52 Alec Holland meeting the OG Swamp Thing who thought, who was a plant who thought he was a man uh, from the Alan Moore stuff, you know, after the reset and the realignment of, of characters. So he's he's getting some some wisdom from the former avatar. And this is that page. <laughs> nice, Tyler. It was all these bulbies that he's got showing here. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Why don't you pick uh, this a, page specifically? <laughs> well, just because that's the page uh, that I was on when I opened my iPad. Like a Western standoff. It. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. It's been good to revisit, and so I've been having a lot of fun with it. Honestly, Are I those? think I liked oh. that run more than I liked the Snyder stuff, to be honest. Um, we'll tune into my uh, uh, newsletter. Maybe you'll hear some thoughts about that. Ever the salesman. Good, good. Um, so we want to let you guys know what books we're looking forward to next week. An excitement we like to call Palspools. Tyler, take it away. Uh, well, you're up first, Sean, because you want to read the next Fall of X tie-in, which is Uncanny Avengers number one with a God's backup story. Yeah, so um, I was a huge fan of the initial Uncanny Avengers run by Rick Remender. Of course, I know that this is not going to be written by Rick Remender. We did a book club on it. Um, yeah, we did. It was good. I think okay. you should check it out. Um, I like Jerry Duggan. I do. I really was enjoying Iron Man. I haven't read a f- I've, I've been a little bit behind on that, but uh, I read like the first five and I, I enjoyed a lot of it. Um, and I think Jerry's done a lot of good stuff. So his name on a title does not take away my interest from it. I think that this is going to be a very uh, interesting series, especially now with the new status quo. Um, and I'm I'm interested in the team. I like yeah. Psylocke a lot. Or is that? It's Psylocke, Kanan yeah. Or it's Quanin, okay, but it's Psylocke. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the team is interesting. I like it. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be here for this, for sure. Quicksilver. Haven't seen that dude in a while. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be checking this out, too. Yeah, it's Javier. I like Javier Garon a lot. Um, so, that'd be nice. Uh, and you also are going to check out The Cull, number one. Yo, uh, very, very hyped for this. This is Kelly Thompson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had Kelly on the show. We had a great conversation. And one of the things that she told us at that time, I don't remember if it was on or off the air, but she talked about this book. And I remember reading like some early pages of it. And I thought it seemed great. Um, nice. So I'm hyped for this. Um, the artist phenomenal, Matea de Lewis. Lulis might not be a name you know, but you will after you yeah. see it. Uh, the art's great. So, yeah, this is – I'm very excited for this. Hassan on letters, too. So, oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, big draw. Uh, this is going to be good. It's going to be real good. Uh, uh-huh. Who's up? Oh, Marco. In What's search up? of Gil Scott Heron. Jill Scott Heron? Gil Scott Heron, yeah. Gil Scott. Um, so, Gil Scott Heron is a musical hero of mine. I love his work. I've loved it for – um, so long proto rap a lot of jazz and soul and so um actually one of the studios that i worked at in a, a lifetime ago at this point um they did some recordings with um with him and 
Um, so you get to see like the the records and stuff. It was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge fan of his music and the fact that he has this uh, seemingly not it's not an autobiography. It's sort of it's fiction, but it deals with like historical facts. And they're looking for Gil Scott in somewhere in New York. Uh, yeah, thought I'd get it in. I like these historical pieces, and so um, it's up it's my alley. From Titan Comics, looks like. Yeah. Yep. Um, I wanted to check out. There's a third too. I forgot to put on, but Dark X Men. Um, give me a, a team of villains. I'm gonna read the book. That I, that is a simple thing for me. I have I have Warren Ellis's Thunderbolts in my DNA. Where if there is a villain team book, I will be reading it no matter what. Um, and this one's got uh, Gambit, Havoc, Archangel, uh, Azazel. We're gonna see if uh, how he's doing now that he's not the daddy, presumably. Um, <laughs> and it's got Madeline Pryor, so that's an interesting lineup of characters. It has. Uh, I wanted to check out Alpha Flight number one too, not because it's an Alpha Flight book. It's not a draw for me. I'm sorry, but because it's an Ed Brisson book, that is a draw. Oh, yeah. for me. Um, so I want to see what Ed Briston's doing here. Forgot to add it, but Daredevil 14 is the final Zarsky Dare, Dare, uh, Daredevil issue that comes out next week as well. So, nice. Uh, that's a big one for me. The great run so far. Yo, Alpha Flight's rad. I agree they're cool, but they've always been kind of like a side character to me. You know, like. But I like that they're that's that's kind of like the space that they're in. They're they're just like these like other sort of superheroes, and they come in and like for an issue or two. And Gamma it's, it's Flight fun. was a good book. Gamma Flight was the uh, the Al Ewing uh, side uh, side piece to his Hulk run. Had a lot of Alpha mm. Flight characters. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Canada's America's hat. So <laughs> um, this is Mexico guess, then the X Men's hat. Um, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Cool. Um, yeah, hey, that is gonna do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you guys decide to come back on Saturday at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for our conversation with Heather Antos. It should be a lot of fun. If you have questions for Heather um, that are respectful, you can absolutely (laughs) send them our way or you can ask them in the live chat. Um, We hope to see you all there. Patreon.com slash the comics pals. If you want to support us and you know, get access to a lot of stuff that you probably haven't seen. You get a nickname and a shout out on the show. Um, you get palling around. You get our newsletter. Lots of cool stuff over there for you guys to check out if you're so inclined. And we thank everybody that does. Um, and you will be getting thanked on Saturday, uh, as per usual. Um, for everything else at the Comics Pals, thank you so much for joining us. Until next time, we, we love you. Take care, guys. See you next week. <laughs>